Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Hello, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray you are well, always, always, always. All is well. God is on his throne. Um, Some people are questioning that, but he never leaves. He's always there. He is the same place that he was when his son was put to death. And the same place when he created the world and when he created you. He does everything out of love. And his wisdom is beyond ours, what he allows to occur In the church, in the world, in individuals, he is not the cause of it, but he allows us to reject him. He allows us to live as if he does not not exist. And the scriptures say that eventually he allows people to live as they would without the spirit um, to show the depth of their depravity and their need for God. And I think... Our Lord is showing us clearly that in these days, um, that without him, we can indeed do nothing, nothing for eternity. We can only destroy the world and ourselves. It's what is happening. But we, dearest ones, are in the middle of Lent. We are in the middle of walking with our Lord through the 40 days that he spent fasting in the wilderness, being attacked by Satan himself, by every sort of demon, The same temptation that Satan brought to Adam and Eve in the garden, he brought to our Lord in the the wilderness, only more so because Jesus had the power to do what uh, Satan tempted, turn this stone. What are you you starving for? You you created the world, turn the stone into bread. And, And Jesus said, no, man shall not live by bread alone. Well, then jump off the pinnacle. Uh, and do a trick and show them you're the Messiah. No, 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 no. Um, came uh, to save. Jesus came to die, to die for us. And he was tempted, the writer of the Hebrews, book of Hebrews says, in all points as we were, yet without sin. He was not going to give in to temptation. Did he truly go through it? He truly went through it. He's not 50% God and 50% man. But he's 100% God, 100% man. How could we understand it? I can tell you I can't. I don't. Um, I believe it. But there's no way for me to understand how a person could be 200% of anything or even uh, half God and half man, which he was, and he was fully God and fully man. So does my finite mind understand that? No. Do we try to grasp it? Yes. Try to continue to understand it? Yes. And our Lord has taught us taught us much in scripture and through his wonderful theologians and ministers um, so we can continue to learn. We never have to despair. In fact, to despair is mortal sin because when we despair, we lose all hope in God. We actually deny God, not a good thing. Um, And one of those heroes, in my mind, is Archbishop Fulton Sheen that God has given us, who speaks long after he is dead through his writings and videos and um, 
um, CDs and all of that. And I bless everybody who has kept all of his work alive. And this book that we're nearing the end of is by Archbishop Fulton Sheen, Victory Over Vice. And the Archbishop has uh, said that it was the seven deadly sins that put our Lord on the cross indeed. And so he has taken one vice and matched it with each of the seven deadly sins. And yesterday we began um, the sixth word on the cross. It is finished. It is finished. And that began the virtue, um, well, the vice of sloth, uh, that we might learn to live the opposite of sloth, which uh, the virtue of sloth. So he begins by saying, we read this yesterday, <clears throat> sloth is a malady of the will that causes us to neglect our duties. Sloth may be physical or spiritual. It is a physical it is physical when it shows itself in laziness, procrastination, idleness, softness, indifference, and nonchalance. It is spiritual when it shows itself in an indifference to character betterment, a distaste for the spiritual, a hurried crowding of devotions, lukewarmness, and failure to cultivate virtue. I think so many of us fall into a form of sloth and we don't perhaps recognize it. Um, priests say that very few people confess sloth in the confessional. Um, it's, a, it's a deadly sin. I'm going to continue from where we left off yesterday. We'll complete that chapter on sloth today. Um, the Gospel records three instances of sloth. There were the foolish virgins, chaste but lazy, the wise virgins fill their lamps with oil and wait to hear the step of the approaching bridegroom. The foolish virgins do not think of oil, and tired of waiting, they fall asleep. When the bridegroom comes, the wise virgins light their lamps and welcome the bridegroom. The foolish virgins go out to buy oil, but everybody is asleep. The shops are closed. They go back to the wedding feast, but the door is closed. They cry, Lord, Lord, open to us. But his answer is, Amen. I say to you, I know you not. Oh, I, I can hardly bear to read that, to read that, to imagine standing before our Lord and hearing him say, I know you not. Our Lord concludes the parable with these words, Watch ye therefore, because you know not the day nor the hour. Does he mean he doesn't know of our existence? No, there's nothing God doesn't know. But personally, he doesn't know us. We claim to have a relationship with him, and yet he does not acknowledge that. The second instance of sloth was the parable of the barren fig tree. And the next day, when they came out from Bethania, he was hungry. And when he had seen afar off a fig tree having leaves, he came, if perhaps he might find anything on it. And then when he was come to it, he found nothing but leaves. For it was not the time for figs. And answering, he said to it, May no man hereafter eat fruit of thee any more forever. The third was the parable of the buried talent. 
He who received five talents earned another five. He who had received two earned another two. But he who received one hid it in the ground. Of him the Lord of the servants said, Wicked and slothful servant, take ye away therefore the talent from him, and give it him that hath ten talents. For to every one that hath shall be given, and he shall abound. But from him that hath not, that also which he seemeth to have shall be taken away. And the unprofitable servant cast ye out into the exterior darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Common to these three parables is the danger of sloth and the necessity of work. Purity without good works will not save us any more than it saved the foolish virgins. Those who do nothing run the risk of losing the little they have. In other words, it is possible to lose our souls by doing nothing. How shall we escape if we neglect? We lose our souls not only by the evil we do, but also by the good we leave undone. When we do an examination of conscience each night, beloved, which every one of us should do, which we should teach our children to do, we uh, confess the things we've done and the things we have failed to do. I once went to confession and I said, Father, I know I'm a sinner. I know I sin all the time, but I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything I've done that to confess. I know I have sins, but I can't think of anything. He said to me, when's the last time you fed the poor or reached out to someone in need? You see, there was my sin. Neglect. I was consumed with myself. Neglect the body <clears throat> Hold on now. Yeah. Neglect the body and the muscles stiffen. Neglect the mind and imbecility comes. Neglect the soul and ruin follows. Just as physical life is the sum of the forces that resist death, so the spiritual life is to some extent the sum of the forces that resist evil. Neglect to take an antidote for a person in the body, and we die by our neglect. Neglect to take precaution against sin, and we die the death merely because of neglect. Heaven is a city on a hill. Hence, we cannot coast into it. We have to climb. Those who are too lazy to mount can miss its capture as well as the evil who refuse to seek it let no one think he can be totally indifferent to God in this life and suddenly develop its, its suddenly develop it um, I'm so sorry uh, let no one be totally indifferent to God in this life and subtly develop a capacity for him at the moment of death there's the music for our break beloved um, you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
beloved, this is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. We offer several ways to view our programming grid, including at our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones, to Mother Miriam Live. We are right in the middle of the chapter on sloth. Oh dear, dear! I, I, I know that I have. I'm guilty of that. I know that. Um, <clears throat> many times in my life, I'm guilty of sloth, of, um, of laziness. I know that, and and a great deal of procrastination, which I'm, I'm admitting this to you all over the world, that it fits into sloth. Um, I don't stop working, but. Um, we need to put first things first. I'm going to back up one paragraph here. Heaven is a city on a hill. Hence, we cannot coast into it. We have to climb. Those who are too lazy to mount can miss its capture, as well as the evil who refuse to seek it. Let no one think he can be totally indifferent to God in this life and suddenly develop a capacity for him at the moment of death. Where will the capacity for heaven come from if we have neglected it on earth? A man cannot suddenly walk into a lecture room on higher mathematics mathematics, and be thrilled by its equations if all during his life he neglected to develop a taste for mathematics. A heaven of poets would be a hell to those who never learned to love poetry. 
and a heaven of divine truth, righteousness, and justice would be a hell to those who never studiously cultivated those virtues here below. Heaven is only for those who work for heaven. If we crush every inspiration of the divine, if we drown every Godward inspiration of the soul, if we choke every inlet to Christ, where will be our relish for God on the last day? The very things we neglected will then be the very cause of our ruin. The very things that should have ministered to our growth will then turn against us and minister to our decay. The sun that warms the plant plant, can, under conditions, also wither it. The rain that nourishes the flower can, uh, under other conditions, rot it. The same sun shines upon mud that shines upon wax. It hardens the mud, but softens the wax. The difference is not in the sun, but in that upon which it shines. So it is with God. The divine life that shines upon a soul who loves him softens it into everlasting life. That same divine life that shines upon the slothful soul, um, neglectful of God, hardens it into everlasting death. Heaven and hell are, in like manner, both effects of divine goodness. I'll read that again. Heaven and hell are, in like manner, both effects of divine goodness. Their difference comes from our reaction to that goodness, and to that extent are also our creations. Both God and man are, in different senses, creators of heaven and hell. A little heed, then, to this word from the cross. It is consummated. It is finished. We finish our vocation as he finished his on a cross and nowhere else. Only to the doers of the truth and not to its preachers or its hearers comes the reward of the crown. Doing implies the spending not of what we have, but of what we are. We need have to order fear for our health if we work hard for the kingdom of God. Let me, let me repeat that. I, I missed a word. We need have no undue fear for our health if we work for the kingdom of God. God will take care of our health if we take care of his cause. In any case, it is better to burn out than to rust out. Burning the candle at both ends for God's sake may be foolishness to the world, but it is a profitable Christian exercise for so much better the light. Only one thing in life matters, being found worthy of the light of the world in the hour of his visitation. Take ye heed, he said, take ye heed, watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is. Even as a man who going into a far country left his house, and gave authority to his servants over every work, and commanded the potter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the Lord of the house cometh, at even 
or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, but in the morning, lest coming on a sudden we find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Not only what must we be aware of spiritual sloth, but we must also work for a completed life. The important word in the struggle against sloth is finished. The world judges us by results. Our Lord judges us by the way we fulfill and finish our appointed tasks. A good life is not necessarily a successful life. The sowers are not always the reapers. Those whom God destines only to sow receive their reward for just that, even though they never gathered a single sheaf into everlasting barns. In the parable of the talents, the reward is according to the development of potentialities and the completion of appointed duties. One day, our Lord... One day, our Lord, sitting over against the treasury, beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she cast in two mites, which make about a half a cent. And calling his disciples together, he saith to them, Amen, I say to you, this poor widow hath cast in more than all they who have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want cast in all she had, even her whole living. The result was trivial for the treasury, but it was infinite for her soul. She had not half done her duty. She had finished it. This is what is meant by completed living. In the Christian order, it is not the important who are essential, nor those who do great things who are really great. A king is no nobler in the sight of God than a peasant. The head of government, with millions of troops at his command, is no more precious in the sight of God than a paralyzed child. The former has greater opportunities for evil. But like the widow in the temple, if the child fulfills his task of resignation to the will of God more than the dictator fills his task of procuring social justice for the glory of God, then the child is greater. God is no respecter of persons. Men and women are only actors in the stage of life. Why should he who plays the part of the rich man glory in his gold and rich table and consider himself better than the one who plays the role of the beggar begging a crumb from his table? When the curtain goes down, they are both men. So when God pulls down the curtain on the drama of the world's redemption, he will not ask what part we played, but only how well we played the role assigned to us. The little flower has said that one could save one's soul by picking up pins out of love of God. If we would create worlds 
and drop them into space from our fingertips, we would please God no more than by dropping a coin into a tin cup. It is not what is done, but why it is done that matters. A boot black shining, a boot black shining a pair of shoes inspired by a divine motive is doing more good for this world than all the godless conventions Moscow could ever converse. <coughs> it is the intention that makes the work. Duties in life are, the, are like marble, canvas, and stone. Marble becomes valuable because of the image given to it by the sculpture. Canvas is ennobled by the picture of the artist, and stone is glorified by the pattern of the architect. So it is with our works. The intention gives them value in the image as the image gives the marble value. God is not interested in what we do with our hands or our money or our minds or our mouths, but with our wills. It is not the work, but the worker that counts. Let those souls who think their work has no value recognize that by fulfilling their insignificant tasks out of a love of God, those tasks assume a supernatural worth. The aged who bear the taunts of the young, the sick crucified to their beds, the ignorant immigrant in the steel mill, the street cleaner and the garbage collector, the wardrobe mistress in the theater and the chorus girl who never had a line, the unemployed carpenter and the ash collector, all these will be enthroned above dictators, presidents, kings, and cardinals if a greater love of God inspires their humbler tasks than inspires those who play nobler roles, nobler roles with less love. No work is finished until we do it for the honor and glory of God. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's a quote from St. Paul in Corinthians. When our lease on life runs out, two questions will be asked. The world will ask, how much did he leave? The angels will ask, how much did he bring with him? The soul can carry much, but in its journey to the judgment, the judgment seat of God, it will be freighted down only with that kind of goods which a man can carry away from a shipwreck. His good works alone, his good works done for the glory of God. All that we leave behind is unfinished. All that we take with us is finished. Oh dear, we're almost at the end. But we will take your calls, your emails, your texts, beloved, when we come back. And if there's not a caller on the line, we have very little left. I might finish it for us today before the weekend. Call in toll-free with anything on your heart. 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. of the cross we proudly bring the truths of the catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices and we're grateful for the feedback we've received i'm a uh, widower parent of three almost adults and listen to you guys around the clock father mctig society of jesus he's wonderful mother miriam of course the divine office and many other great things that station of the cross does so thanks very much for your great work I had a friend at work email me and tell me about the Station of the Cross a couple months after it started. And I was so excited, I tuned into it, and I found that I love the Catholic Station. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones, to Mother Miriam Live. We are almost at the end of the chapter on sloth um, uh, from our Lord's words. Uh, his, um, uh, it is finished, his sixth word on the cross, sloth, it is finished. We're almost at the end. Because it's Friday, we don't have a caller waiting. I'm going to take your calls, texts, and emails, but I'll just finish this. Uh, we're just about at the end. Um, for those of you who don't want to wait till Monday. Uh, we're talking about finishing thing. A finishing, I'll just back up one paragraph. Um, no work is finished until we do it for the honor and glory of God. Whether you eat, he's quoting St. Paul here, whether you eat or drink or whatever else you do, do all to the glory of God. When our lease on life runs out, two questions will be asked. The world will ask, how much did he leave? The angels were at, will ask, how much did he bring with him? <clears throat> the soul can carry much, but in its journey to the judgment seat of God, it will be freighted down only with that kind of goods which a man can carry away from a shipwreck. His good works done for the glory of God. All that we leave behind is unfinished. All that we take with us is finished. 
may we never die too soon. This does not mean not dying young. It means not dying with our appointed tasks undone. It is indeed a curious fact that no one ever thinks of our Lord as dying too young. That is because he finished his father's business. But no matter how old we are, when we die, we always feel that there is something more to be done. Why do we feel that way? If it is not because we did not do well the tasks assigned to us, our task may not be great. It may be only to add some only to add one stone to the temple of God. But whatever it is, do each tiny little act in union with your Savior who died on the cross and you will finish your life. Then you will never die too young. And as always, Bishop Sheen uh, ends each uh, chapter with a poem or some form of prose on the subject. This one is from Harriet Eleanor Hamilton King, who writes, <clears throat> But if impatient, le- sorry, but if impatient thou let slip thy cross, thou wilt not find it in this world again, nor in another. Here and here alone is given to thee to suffer for God's sake. In other worlds, we shall more perfectly serve him and love him, praise him, work for him, grow nearer and nearer him with all delight. But then we shall not any more be called to suffer, which is our appointment here. Canst thou not suffer then one hour or two, if he should call thee from thy cross today, saying, It is finished? that hard cross of thine from which thou prayest for deliverance? Thinkest thou not some passion of regret would overcome thee? Thou would say, so soon, let me go back and suffer yet a while. More patiently, I have not yet praised God. And he might, uh, and he might answer thee, nevermore. All pain is done with. Wheresoe'er it comes, that summons that we look for, it will soon, it will seem soon, yet too soon. Let us take heed in time that God may now be glorified in us. And while we suffer, let us set our souls to suffer perfectly, since this alone the suffering which is this world's special grace may be here perfected and left behind. Endure, endure, be faithful to the end. My goodness, beloved, I could read this chapter over a hundred times. It has inspired me to finish many things that I have begun and not finished because always something more important comes up. Um, it's our Lord's words, work while it is day. Work while it is day. And if we finish the tasks, if we are faithful, if we are diligent, if we are not slothful, then whenever our Lord comes for our soul, it will not be too soon. If he came for mine right now, I'd say, Lord, could you wait? Could you wait? Just wait, 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 wait. I want to do better first. 
And that's a grace. If you're encouraged, as I am, to do better, that's a grace from God. But let's, let us not um, throw that inspiration away, but let us do it. Beginning today. Today, our Lord says, if you hear, um, if you hear his word, harden not your heart. So now we have, um, oh, uh, less than a half hour together, but our lines are wide open. Uh, we have a good 20 minutes now. You're welcome to call in toll-free with anything on your heart, one 511 or email at And I'm reminded at the beginning of this half hour to mention uh, lifefunder.com, the life the funder, the fundraiser that LifeSite News has put up for us on the on their website. It's lifefunder, one word, dot com, forward slash, uh, capital, all caps, D-O-M-M-O-I-H, for Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope. I, When I'm reminded to tell you about it, that's when I think to go to it, otherwise I don't. We were at 36% of the 200,000. Uh, last night, and um, we we do need more than that two hundred thousand now. Our offer on a larger house uh, for us that we can take in more women has been accepted, and the house that we were able to get will then become our guest house. So, um, so many people write they want to come for retreats or come over the summer with their family, or some people just want to come to Detroit, not Detroit, Beloit, um, to see, to stay for a while, to see if they'd like to move here. It's just a, I think, a little heaven on earth. And so uh, we'll have a guest house for you, and it's, I'm thrilled for that. Um, but we still need um, a good amount for our new house, and we're going to have a lot of work to do in that before we can move into it, probably six months' worth. But it's the largest house in Beloit, 6,000 square feet, and we're delighted, just delighted. Okay, so that's it, lifefunder.com forward slash, all caps, D-O-M-M-O-I-H. Let me see now. We are going to go to an email. Hold on. Here we go. An email from Michael. Michael writes, Dear Mother Miriam, We recently learned that Pope Francis will be holding an interfaith service at a pagan ziggurat from ancient Babylon later this week, along with the followers of the Muslim faith. Well, let me just interrupt to say um, I'm a little late in getting to your email, Michael, because uh, it already has been held, as I'm sure you know. Michael says, I am at a complete loss on how to even process this. There are so many layers of heresy here. How can we be faithful Catholics in the face of this? It seems to me that sedificantism is the only holy option to choose at this point. I'm going to just sedificantism for those who don't know. Um, it means the seat, the seat sedificant is vacant. The seat of Peter is vacant, that there's no pope on the throne of Peter. That's what sedificantism means. And so Michael says, it seems to me that sedificantism is the only holy option to choose at this point, rejecting a pretender to the seat of Peter. What am I missing? Are there additional options? I feel convicted by the Holy Spirit to hold strong 
and reject this blasphemy completely. Prayerfully yours, Michael. Michael, um, my heart joins your deep pain on this. Um, but I would never go to set of a cantism because it has been said by Bishop Athanasius Snyder, Cardinal Seurat, uh, uh, Cardinal uh, Raymond Burke, uh, other authorities in the church that uh, the throne of Peter is not ancient, uh, vacant, that indeed Peter is on the throne, that Pope Francis is indeed the Pope. Now, he may be a Pope that does things that are very confusing to us. Um, many things have been confusing. Many things have appeared as heresy. They might be. But um, the infallibility, the gift of infallibility for the papacy does not mean that the person is infallible or impeccable, uh, which you probably understand. He can do many things and give his opinions that are utterly wrong and that would appear heretical. But as long as what he says is not binding on the faithful to believe, um, then uh, he can remain Pope. And so uh, it has to be binding and in the matters of faith and morals. Um, And so uh, this Pope has said many confusing things, seemingly heretical things, but he has not uh, given one teaching that has been binding on the faithful of faith and morals that he has bound the faithful to believe. If that ever happens, then we have something to deal with. But um, it is not the case right now. Let me, and, and Pope Francis is understood to be the Pope. So if you go the way of Sedevacantism, uh, you are separating yourself from the true church. Uh, let me... Um, uh, see this for a moment. I'm just. Oh my goodness. I need to get this. How did that? I lost it. Here it is from LifeSite News, an article that says, <clears throat> and this is the result of the of the conference. The Pope admits charges of heresy are a risk he is willing to take to move forward with other religions. Now, you know the Pope has said that our Lord uh, has willed all these various religions. Bishop uh, Athanasius Snyder met with him on that, and he seemed to retract it, but I don't know that he has retracted that in his heart. Um, uh, Francis believes human fraternity with people of other faiths is important while acknowledging the criticism made against him. So let me just read this a bit. <clears throat> it's from LifeSite News. I believe it was published um, two days ago on Wednesday. And it reads, uh, he was aboard a plane, uh, this papal plane. Pope Francis said charges that he... Pope Francis said that charges that he acts against Catholic doctrine and is even on the verge of committing heresy are a risk he is willing to take to move forward on the path toward human fraternity with believers of other religions. This is important. Um, This is a quote from the Pope. This is important, human fraternity, that as men we are 
all brothers, and we must move forward with other religions, said the Pope on March 8th, while speaking to reporters on the plane, returning from his trip to Iraq. Um, uh, I better stop right here. There's the music for our break, beloved, and we will be... Uh, entering into our last segment when we come back you're free to call in even during the break toll free 1-877-511-5483 um, and email at mother at the station of the cross.com we'll be right back As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. be to Jesus. Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show, joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time, weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We'll see you then. May God love you. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustained Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations thank you for helping to save the culture. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our final segment together. Um, and uh, again, I invite you, if there's anything on your heart, to call in toll-free, 1-877-511-5483. We are, at the moment, um, uh, responding to an email from Michael, who uh, wrote that... Um, uh, it, it appears that Pope Francis is really teaching heresy, and 
he um, sees no option but to go along with Sedevacantism, which is the statement that there is no pope, that the seat of Peter is vacant. Michael, I'm I'm reading um, the article from LifeSite News Wednesday, March 8th, or rather March 10th, two days ago, about that, and that the pope has clearly said that um, he's able to risk, he's willing, rather, to risk, risk charges of heresy in order to move forward with other religions. Um, he has been charged with heresy. Um, he believes that he's in line with Vatican II and subsequent documents that um, indicate God wills all religions. Um, it's a, a tremendously problematic um, but go ahead to LifeSite News article of Wednesday, March 10th, again titled, Pope admits charges of heresy are risk he's willing to take to move forward with other religions. Um, truly, the faithful don't quite know always what to make of these things. Um, but again, um, it, it has been said by high faithful Orthodox uh, clerics of the church that he is a legitimately elected pope and again whatever he has taught that is um, that appears heretical uh, contrary to church teaching contrary to scripture different things um, he has not bound us the faithful to believe it um, and so we just uh, need to keep seeing it as his opinions as his particular personality and makeup and agenda. But um, he has no power to change any teaching of the church, and he has not done it, even though he may have said things that seem heretical, but we are not uh, ordered to believe them. <coughs> Excuse me. Helen uh, sent a text and says, Hello, Mother. My name is Helen. I'm writing in regard to a situation that has taken place with a neighbor of mine. She's a lovely soul and a good neighbor. We get along fairly well, but when it comes to discussing politics, not so much. I have tried since the election to stay away from politics, knowing that this is upsetting to both of us, as we are certainly not on the same side. I definitely was very strong hoping that President Trump would get back in. Not, uh, not realizing at the time that she was definitely not a Trump supporter. When I found this out, I tried very hard to stay off the subject, but did send her some of your podcasts, as well as Father Altman's famous podcast, You Cannot Be Catholic and Vote Democrat. Oh my goodness, <clears throat> that's not staying off the subject. <laughs> um, with that being said, there were great problems, so I felt that it was a subject to stay away from if I wanted to keep peace. Now, Helen, you haven't said if your neighbor is Catholic. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I, I don't quite know where this is right now. Um, presently, she has recently gone back to church. Now, I'm going to guess Catholic church. But Lent has started, and she rides with me to church. She takes advantage of the small space and uses my vehicle as her platform to dig and ridicule Donald Trump. Last Sunday, I had enough, and then in a very kind but firm manner, said I wanted her to stop. 
she had called him a golden god, and I felt angry about that because my god is not Donald Trump. He is my choice for president. And while explaining this to her, she still continued being facetious and rude. Mother, am I wrong to ask her to drive her own vehicle to church so that this will not continue? Or am I being small-minded and should I let her continue? I don't want to be to blame if she stops going to church because of me, but she doesn't seem to even want to take the hint of not talking about politics. Or am I being un-Christ-like, sinning as it were? Thank you, Mother, for what you do. God bless you and your sisters. Well, to begin with, dear Helen, we're never going to help people if we get angry. If they don't understand, if they're on the side of evil, we need, our, our response needs to be gratitude to God that he has enabled us to believe and to see further uh, and to see truth and to believe truth and to love truth. We need to have grateful hearts and we need to ask God to help this other person to um, use us uh, in kindness and in love to to help them. So we don't just, we, if we get angry, we can't help anyone. If we combat what they say, we cannot help them. God helped us by becoming one of us and walking with us. And the way to help someone like that is to ask questions on their position and how is it they believe what they do. In other words, come alongside them and see what they believe. And then you can properly perhaps try to help them see another way. But if they don't believe you have a clue about what they're saying or that you don't even understand what they're saying, uh, it's just a wall. Each of you are talking to a wall. So I would say um, if driving with you, if riding with you is getting her back to church and she's really away from the Catholic Church and this is helping her get back, Uh, It certainly seems like that she shouldn't be receiving communion unless she's gone to confession. Um, And that would be a a great mission of yours. If she has not gone to confession after being away from church, you must tell her that that the church teaches uh, that if we're away from confession, we're away from the sacraments, we need to go to confession before we can receive them again. That is more important than winning a political argument. So just speak to her, understand, respect what she is saying, not agree with it, but respect it enough to ask her thoughts and why she thinks the way she does. And um, not, again, in a negative way, but truthfully to try to understand her. And then she might be able to listen to you. That's what I would say. Okay. We have an email from Nancy who says, what is the most stunning church you've ever seen in person? Oh my goodness, I don't know, Nancy. I've been uh, all over Europe, in Rome and France and uh, even Ireland. I, I don't know. I'll tell you the one that grabbed my heart the most, and that is the Oratory of St. Francis de Sales in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, and it's probably because St. Francis de Sales is my spiritual director and one of our four patrons. 
um, and there's a full life-size statue of him in there. But I went in there, and my heart just... I, I hardly could breathe because of the beauty there. And I, I, I found it more beautiful than many of the churches I did go into in Rome. So I, that's the one that comes to my mind, the Oratory of St. Francis de Sales in St. Louis. There's the music for our um, for the end of our program, beloved. It's always a hard time for me that it's the end. But God bless you. Um, live for God. Pray for the Holy Father. He is the Holy Father. Pray for him. Pray for God to lead him. Um, he's trying to reach out to the whole world and p- perhaps not doing it in a way that we would wish, uh, but I can't judge uh, what God thinks of it. So pray for him. Um, God bless you, and we'll see you on Monday. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.